This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the NBA Morning Deuce for Monday, April 5th. Alex is back. It is, well, I guess it is still technically Easter Sunday as we're recording this. Alex, you were mad at me when we got on Zoom that I didn't reach out today and wish you a happy Easter. So yeah, happy Easter, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. It it means my Lord and Savior rose on this day roughly Mm -hmm. 2000 years ago. So big day, but thank you for for making that clear. (laughs) I apologize for laughing at that uh, to anybody listening that is not happy. I I was actually watching TV while you were saying that, and they're doing like a, a super cut of all the goofy clips of Nikola Jokic, like of all the goofy shit he's done. So I was kind of laughing at that too. Oh, okay. That's what I was laughing at. I see. It was just okay. funny watching, but you happen to say it at the same time. So it's, yeah. mm-hmm. wasn't laughing no, at you. Funny. Wasn't laughing at Jesus. I was not laughing at Jesus. Um, whew, what a weekend for the NBA. For, what a weekend for the NBA haters, I should say. We mentioned last week, like dog days of NBA basketball. We are, we are in them. We are in them. We are fully in them. Lots of blowouts. I'm going to talk about that on this episode uh some interesting sunday easter games to get through but i think well actually the biggest news of the weekend is the drew holiday contract which Mm -hmm. we'll we'll talk about here uh max deal from the bucks so their big three is set for at least the next few years Mm -hmm. trying to remember how many years middleton has but at least three left right so yeah i saw it but yeah they just they've all just recently gotten their extension so it's good for milwaukee uh, but two things I want to address before we get into that. One, Damian Lillard tonight on Twitter, a masterclass in how to deal with Twitter trolls. Okay. And I bring this up because there's obviously someone in the NBA who doesn't know how to deal with Twitter trolls and got fined $50,000 for it <laughs> by that name, Kevin Durant. Um, so Dame, there's, you know that you know verses like the 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 battle like the music battles yeah yeah so right now or tonight it was the Isley Brothers verse Earth Wind and Fire on verses Daimler tweets out whole childhood soundtrack is samples from the Isley Brothers and Earth Wind and Fire okay and a troll this guy who has probably started his Twitter account today because he's following eight people and has seven followers <laughs> wrote. I got a soundtrack for you. One, Curry owns me. Two, no rings. Three, I'm overrated. Four, no finals. Five, 10 and 0. Free throw. I don't know what that means. Okay. That was this guy trying to 
talk shit about Dame. Dame actually responds to a person with seven <laughs> followers on Twitter and says, one, gun touch 400 million before I'm 35. End of soundtrack. My kids are the only people who own me, baby. Let that marinate like neck bone juice. <laughs> oh my God, neck bone juice. There you go. I've never heard that before. How about the flex of going to touch 400 million before I'm mm-hmm. 35? That's that's pretty excellent. I love it. I'm not going to get there, but I'm only <laughs> 20. I'm turning 29 next month, but at this trajectory, I'm not going to touch 400 million well, by 35. Well, let's. So here's the thing. I. This actually brings me, uh, it's a good segue into the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is the listeners and the support that we're starting to get from our listeners. Because if I want to hit 400 million before I'm 35, got about, got about till November 26, because I'm 34. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, and, but one of our listeners reached out to me and I just saw it last night because I'm not on LinkedIn every single day. He reached out to me on LinkedIn. And um, his, I'll call him, I won't say his last name, but Jeff Z. So if you're, he's listening to this episode, Jeff Z, I got your note, your message. He's, he said he likes the, He loves the show. And I guess he really liked the chutzpah episode. Oh, really? Yeah, nice. because he, he sent me a link to an episode of a Malcolm Gladwell's podcast revisionist history where he discusses chutzpah, like the whole episode is about the word chutzpah. So Jeff Z, I appreciate you. I'm going to listen to it. And Alex, you probably should listen to it. I'll send yeah, you I'll the link because you probably, he's, you brought it up, but that was, so I appreciate it. I will say this, however, Jeff Z and everyone else listening, we love hearing from you guys. Hearing from you guys is a sign that we're actually reaching an audience and that we're growing and people like the show, which I would love to hear from you. You know, Apple Podcasts would be, wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt to leave those notes on Apple Podcasts. We got to have it. We got to have a couple ratings, reviews here and there on Apple. Yeah. And hey, you want to do both? Do both. But I will tell you this, your support, ultimately listening to the show is all that matters. That's what that's what's going to lead to our success of, in this show. Our 400 million before age 35. Right. In By November 26th, then, mm, yeah. uh, 2021. Uh, but if you do want to help us get to that point, and you want us, and you want to reach out and let us know these things. Then Apple Podcast doesn't hurt; it does not hurt one bit. But appreciate it. And Ma- Jeff Z, thank you for listening, continuing to listen. And uh, we we got to talk. I guess we just had to keep talking more chutzpah because that guy has chutzpah. Oh man, I bought. I was gonna <laughs> say he has it for reaching out on LinkedIn. It's badass. Yeah, chutzpah. that's true. Damn, finding wow. me on yeah, finding me on LinkedIn and and reach and sending me a message. Nice, good for him. Thank you, Jeff Z. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff Z. Um, all right, Drew Holiday, four years, up to one hundred and sixty million dollars. Um, I think it's like one thirty-five guaranteed, and then there's incentives to take it up to one hundred sixty million. You are very happy about this contract. I am. I've always been a huge Drew Holiday fan. I don't think people realize that he was an all-star with the Sixers. Like he was an all-star, I think at age 22, something like that. He was the first domino to fall in the process, got traded. um, And then Nerland's Noel, the pick that we got Nerland's Noel with or something, but just to see his career come full circle, he's he's on a contender, he's getting paid. He's excellent. 
Good for him. I don't think anyone has a bad thing to say about Drew Holiday. She's a good I, dude. Yeah. I've never heard anybody, like literally never heard anyone say yeah, something nothing negative about him. In fact, it, every time I see a player talk about him, it's like most underrated player in the league, best defensive. Like it, they always just say like these great things. And that's the interesting thing you said, though, that he's on a contender. Yeah. That's the question. Right. That is the, that's the big question now is that they have – Drew Holiday is now locked up long-term or four years. So yeah, long-term for his age. Giannis got his deal. Chris Middleton is locked up. So that's it. That's the team. Mm -hmm. What happens? Good core. Good core. It is a good core, but what happens if they don't get out of the second round? What do you do? You're just, I mean, and it's not, it's a very good team. And again, like Drew was on the Sixers when they were sort of rebuilding. He was on the Pelicans when they, I guess they went to the playoffs with AD. So this is the best team he's been on. So maybe we see him at this point in his career. Maybe he becomes the star that people think he is, can be with this team. But I don't know that I buy this team as a championship team. No. And I mean, my bold prediction at the all-star break was that they would get knocked out in the first round. That is a bold prediction. Um, but yeah, I don't see them as a title contender. I do think this year though, if, they get bounced early. Bud will be the fall guy. And then, I mean, Giannis and these Absolutely. guys, they'll take heat, but he'll be the fall guy and they'll, they'll try it again next year. But yeah, I just, they're a contender in the sense that they could win a championship. I don't think they're going to. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Bud, the only reason Bud has a job right now is because they traded for Drew Holiday. Yeah. Because they would have struggled if they didn't make major moves. Mm-hmm. And then he would have gotten fired at some point during the season. Drew Holiday has saved them because like, even for example, the other night they won without Giannis and Drew was just, he took over. It was right. just his game. Um, so look, it's a weird situation, right? Because you got to do what you got to do to keep you. If Giannis is happy with it, then I guess that's what you got to do to keep him happy. You're also in Milwaukee. So just the fact that big name players are choosing to sign with you is a big deal in, in yeah. the way, the way the, the current landscape of the NBA is. You were able to convince the back-to-back MVP of the league to stay in Milwaukee long-term when every, when he could go literally anywhere on the planet to play basketball. You obviously Chris Middleton say that now you have Drew Holiday staying who look, that must mean that Drew Holiday thinks they can win because he's towards the back end of his career. If he was going, he could have gone into free agency and signed anywhere he wanted to, to yep. try to win a title. So it's a big deal for that, for a small ish i guess small market i think that's fair yeah i mean for a small market team to to be able to sign a big three to max deals or whatever i don't know if middleton's max but it's pretty close i bet yeah i think it is close and it's i mean it is such a good core i i mean i'm really interested to see what they do in these playoffs because as much as I hammer Giannis, I mean, I watched him the other night and he, the guy is special. Like there's no doubt he's absolutely, oh, I mean, well, yeah, of course, like one of the most special athletes we've ever seen in the league. So it's an yeah, easy I mean, team to root for. Honestly, they're there. I, I like yeah. the, the bucks. If I wasn't yeah. a Sixers fan, I, I wouldn't hope they lose every game, but yeah. I mean, and the thing is, is there's no doubt that they're better than last year. Yeah. Just swapping out drew holiday for Eric, dropping Bledsoe. Out Eric Bledsoe for drew holiday makes you a better team trading for PJ Tucker makes you a better team. Dante DiVincenzo is good, yep. which is more than I could say. I thought he was going to be coming out of college. Uh, and Brooke Lopez actually now is starting to play 
very good basketball again. So they're a better team. They lost 4-1 to the Heat last year. So you can't – like, they can't just be better. Yeah, They, <laughs> they got to be, be a lot better. And I don't know if they're a lot better. They're definitely better. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. And plus, as we know, like, Brooklyn might just be a juggernaut. So it may not matter anyways. I don't, yeah, that's not even a might. Like, the Brooklyn – well, I guess everybody's health is a factor there. But Sure. We'll talk about health and – that team and the lake it's just a lot of health stuff mm-hmm. health questions all across the league still too many um yeah uh and then so before we get to the tonight's games but this is also going to sort of play into today's games what a, this weekend was just you it started friday you texted me i was asleep when already when you texted me but this weekend there were four 40 plus point wins and five, maybe six. I don't hadn't counted fully six, five or six, 30 plus point wins. The Warriors lost by 53 on Friday to the Raptors, to the Raptors. Oh, OKC had two of the OKC lost by 48 to the Blazers, which is (laughs) absurd. The Knicks beat Detroit by 44. The Jazz beat Orlando by 46. And then the Suns beat OKC by 37. So OKC had two of the losses. The Hornets lost by 30 to the Celtics, which is great, which is a pretty absurd number today. It is. um, I was thinking about it when I was looking at these games, especially like Detroit, OKC, uh, Orlando, even though Orlando, they're only up by 12 right now against Denver, but they're playing obviously better in this game tonight as we're recording there's like 20 games left in the season or, and, and like, there's always blowouts, but there's 20 games left in the year. And I was also thinking about it like this. Like I remember being working in the league for a bad team when there's this many games left and you just don't want, there's, there's a lot of days where you don't want to be there. Like I can't even imagine what it's like knowing that in like a month, you don't have to get COVID tested every day. You don't have to basically, mm-hmm. your whole life is not a quarantine. You can kind of have a few months to do whatever you want and like live a normal life because right. things like in the real world, things aren't back to normal, but things are opening and you can get, you can get the vaccine and you can travel and you can do things. These guys can't, I mean, you can't anyways, but like you can't, you can't live any semblance of a normal life as an NBA player or coach right now, because if you do, you'll get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So it's That's gotta be a really even, good point. I didn't it's really gotta be that. even tougher for these shitty teams to come in every night or come in every day and like live this completely shut down lifestyle just to know you're playing for I mean you're playing for your contract, but like you're still gonna lose every night and get fucking owned. Yeah. And then you can't even go enjoy the nightlife anywhere, like on the but that's what I mean. Like, yeah, like, that's, like I mean, you, the, the drain is so much extra this year. And for coaches too, I gotta think, right? Yeah. Like the amount of work, not that the not that coaches work more, but they work different, right? They work more hours. Then mentally, there's more strain on coaches because of watching film and strategy and all that. Players, obviously, it's coming in, weightlifting and or weights, practice, games, this and that. But also now there's the added thing of I can go home and I can go to the practice facility. And that's it. I can travel with the team plane. I have to get COVID tested every day. Like it's just 
you're not, it's such a lockdown lifestyle, even though it's gotten less restricted. If you are the Thunder who are playing a glorified G League team out there right now, um, and you're like, oh, we have 20 games left in the year. It's going to be hard for some of these guys to bring it every night when you're so close to having like a little bit of freedom again. Yeah. And yeah, you have no prayer at the, I guess they're only a game in a couple games from that playing spot, but realistically they have no shot. So yeah, it's, it's the dog days. You said it earlier. It's just absolutely April dog days of the season. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm thinking, I'm looking at these scores within like a three day span. I'm like, man, it might get worse. It might get worse than usual. Yeah. Um, a couple more 40 points blowouts would not surprise me in the next week or so. 50 is crazy. I mean, yeah, that, we, we talked yeah, about that happen. at the beginning of the year. How it can't 50, the Clippers, right? 50 that is was... an insane number to lose mm-hmm. by, no matter who you are, uh, especially the Raptors. Yeah. <laughs> like, what a, what are we like? What's happening? Oh, just so bad. Um, speaking of that, shout out to Laz Jackson last week, came on 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 uh, Friday because I just, his team got beat pretty bad, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he was awesome. And I did, I learned about what the Pistons rebuild and where fans for the Pistons sort of see that team. And it was interesting. Cause I don't know how much, if you got to the end of it, but we sort of started comparing Sam Presti's way of rebuilding to Troy Weaver, who came from OKC hmm. and how it's sort of differing in like Troy is, identifying talented players and going and getting them and putting like a, a decent like product on the floor where OKC is built. Like he's like, Troy's not like stacking draft picks. He's doing the best, the most with the picks that he has and then going out and get making moves to get players mm-hmm. where like, Oh, where Sam Presti's just throwing darts. Yep. Right. He's got a shitload of them though, but yeah, but it was an interesting thing. It was like, which, who, how do you like some people really love the dart thing. Some people love the way Troy's. I Dude, personally I, like the, I actually, the more I've looked at Detroit's roster, I like more like what they're doing yeah. as opposed to what OKC is doing. Mm-hmm. But it's not it, even it, a just sit like I completely prefer what Detroit's doing after what we went through with the process and how right. those so many picks, they just don't translate. Right. So, I mean, unless you're Stephen A. Smith and you think Reggie Jackson is one of the best teammates <laughs> Russell Westbrook's ever had. Uh, also on the last, last, I mean, I plan on having him back at, you know, on the show either way, but he is definitely coming back down around draft time because we start, we got into the draft at the end of the show and he, he just rolled through like the top five or six guys in the draft and he's, he's on that shit. Good. And he's not. And the thing is, he even said, he's like, I'm not normally a draft guy, but I'm a draft guy out of necessity because my team is not good. It's like, I have yeah. to know these guys so I can cover them. So he was all over it because we don't know shit. We don't I really them. don't. Yeah. I barely watch any college basketball. So that's good. I think, I think tomorrow night or tonight, depending on when you're listening to this, will be probably the third college basketball game I watched all year, national mm-hmm. championship. Yeah. I watched watch two Florida State games live and then I'll watch this game and maybe won't even watch it. <laughs> Because it's still national championship. I don't know, but there's still NBA games. We still have a podcast to do. You know what I mean? Like, I'll probably have it on on the side thing, but I, I just, it doesn't interest me. I do want to watch Jalen Suggs because he's supposed to be a top five pick, but that's pretty much all that interests me about the game. I don't know. You saw the shot, right? Yeah, of course. Super badass. I saw the shot. And then I also saw people saying it's the best shot in college basketball in tournament history. And I'm like, uh, 
Yeah, no, I don't know. Chris, Chris Jenkins. Chris Jenkins. Ever heard of him? Yeah. There's other ones too, but like Chris Jenkins hit a, I mean, that's a buzzer beating game winner to win the national championship. Yeah, what are you talking that's about? It. That's it. <laughs> it's, yep. it's not even a question. Um, but also as the listeners have probably noticed, we've had a lot of, uh, a lot of like guest co-hosts lately. And the plan is to like, we're going to have a lot of these blue wire guys keep coming on because they've been awesome. So sometimes it'll be with Alex. Sometimes it'll be without Alex, depending on Alex's schedule. But it, I think it's been fun having these guys. Yeah. Kind of I think it gives the listeners a break for me. It gives them some, but also like perspective. Yeah. And also like, it's cool. Like we do this, we do, we, we, uh, yeah. The, the additional perspective, right. Like on the team specific, because we talk about these teams all the time, but no one knows the teams, like the guys that are covering them every day in and day out, especially some of these, sorry to say it, some of these shittier teams, <laughs> but you I'm know sure what I mean? understand. Yeah. But they know they get it. They, they get where they're at. Um, all right. So Easter Sunday slate, actually some pretty interesting stories, coming out of these games um there was an early game clippers lakers clippers beat uh clippers beat the lakers 104 86 and um the actually the story out of that is frank vogel said that he's that anthony davis is still away a ways away from returning and that lebron's still out indefinitely wow so Wow, man. So maybe they're just punting on the regular. Like they might truly not care about their seed, or they must may, not. We always well, said from the beginning, absolutely makes no sense to rush these guys back. Um, but that's really concerning, man. A ways you know away, like you know, who t- I was actually thinking about. You know, who it's more concerning to almost is the Jazz. The a Suns, team that could play them in the first round. The Jazz, <laughs> the Suns, the Nuggets, and the Clippers. Yeah. The top four teams. If I was any of the top four teams right now, I would be like, God damn, those guys got to get healthy. Yep. Because be it, depending on, yeah, you'd rather be a lower seed if it meant avoiding the Lakers. I don't know how far the Lakers can. They're still a solid team. Well, look, right now they're fifth. Mm-hmm. They're only a half a game above Portland. Um, there's no chance they're catching the Suns or the Jazz, in my opinion, with 20 games left so. in the season. Yeah, I I just, so, yeah, like AD and LeBron would have to come back very soon, and they'd have to go on a run because those two teams have just been going on runs all year. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they catch either of those teams. The Nuggets, they've won who, four straight. Yeah, and they're now only down eight. And will I would be shocked if they don't come back and win this game against the Magic tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're gonna, they're hot. They're rolling and. Look at the Mavericks. The Mavericks are good. only two, really two or three games behind the Lakers. They've won four in a row. It just, man, if it, depending on when those guys come back, they could fall as far as seven, I think. Could you imagine getting like being a two seed this year and having to play Anthony Davis and LeBron in the first round? I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what, that's <laughs> the scariest thing insane, because I yeah. just, no matter what the injuries are, unless we somehow find out that it's like a season ending thing for those two guys, for one of those two guys. There's no way they don't pl- both play in the first round. Right. Yeah. No. Sure. So yeah. one of these teams is going to lose in the first round if those guys are healthy. That's crazy. It, it sucks. Unless it's the Clippers, because I don't think the Clippers are good anyways. But if you're one of those other three teams that people are excited about, I think everyone's excited about the Jazz. I, I'm, we're not as excited about the Jazz, but I think people are excited about how good the Jazz have been this year, the Suns and the Nuggets. Uh. God would suck for either. I, I hope it ends up being Lakers Clippers. 
it would be such an interesting scenario. Like end of the season, one one game left, uh, the Lakers are locked into that seven seed, and you're sitting there at the two seed. I would consider blowing a game on purpose to get myself down to that three seed if that scenario arose. Like, oh my god, yeah, I absolutely. would try to actively try to lose that game. I think, which is. I, I don't know, but I brought can, this up can... with Jabari a couple weeks ago too. That or or Dan, one of the I think it was with Dan Favalli, that the thing that people are not really like that they don't realize with this is that like if the Lakers play the Clippers in the first round, that could essentially get Kawhi out of LA. Because hmm. if the Clippers really? get knocked out in the first round, I don't think he's staying. I don't either. Especially because he's going to get railed on beyond belief by the media. So I know. So that's the like the the quiet storyline that no one's really thinking about is that the quiet storyline, the quiet storyline. Yeah. That's a good one. That's good. What I didn't make that. People have said that before. Really? Well, they've said quietly, but oh. got it. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's crazy. I do think, I, I mean, it doesn't sound like those guys are gonna be back anytime soon. So they're going to keep falling. Mm-hmm. It's just wild. One of those teams is going to get boned. That sucks. Sucks yep. for those. So for those teams, uh, I guess injuries are really one of the big themes of this slate of games because a lot it's of the people, theme of the season, honestly, yeah. and it sucks. And that's even part. That's even the tougher part of it. We're getting to this point in the year where we always get to where the bad teams are playing especially bad. But then this year, you have the bad teams that are going to get blown out no matter what, and then you have the good teams with all their players being injured. Mm-hmm. It's just it's shitty. So. Uh, the other early game on on uh, Sunday was Brooklyn and Chicago. Still no KD, who might, they said, might debut Monday, Monday night. So that would be good. Or not debut, come back from injury. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the case is. Because we didn't, I thought he had a shot to play tonight, right? Or to this afternoon. Yeah, so I think it he, would just, they said maybe. To me, it would just make sense looking at this back-to-back. You'd rather have him against the Knicks than than the Bulls. So my hunch is that he's back tomorrow. That's based on just speculation. <laughs> I mean, you've had some hunches. Yeah. So. Uh, and then James Harden didn't play again because with the hamstring, which is mm-hmm. really – it is what it is with this team. Like, you know, they're, they're fine as long as everyone's healthy. I do lo- – it, it does bring the leader Kyrie thing again – Kyrie by himself loses to the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the Nets go in this game, the thing that I my takeaway from this game that I didn't admittedly did not watch, but looking at the box score that concerns me right off the bat is Nick Claxton eight minutes. Mm. And DeAndre Jordan didn't play. So my concern with this whole logjam of big men was – is Steve Nash going to play the vets over this kid who is the best big man on their team for what they do? Uh, Marcus Aldridge is playing well for them, but uh, I don't understand Nick Claxton only playing eight minutes, especially against Vooch, who has been playing really well offensively, at least for the Bulls. I don't understand Blake Griffin starting over Jeff Green, who still played great, by the way but he's shooting 40% from three this year. I just don't understand why Blake Griffin's in the starting lineup. I'm guessing Nash is just experimenting with lineups because he can at this point in the year. Cause this may, it makes no sense for Claxton to play eight minutes. Yeah. Especially in a losing when you're losing, it's your best defensive player on your team. Yeah. Best defensive what, big. 
one of my biggest takeaways from the James Herbert episode was uh, he had a great breakdown of Claxton and just his willingness on defense, which is honestly the most important thing for the role players on this team is guys that want to defend. So yeah, they might be in a state of like over tinkering right now, but like you said, I mean, it makes sense to do it now, you know, figure out what you've got. I just, if it's a trend and, and because they've signed big name guys like this, that Claxton's getting limited minutes and that would be a problem, but I guess we'll see if it continues to trend that way. Cause I mean, it's just, you're fine on offense. So why not? You, you, the guys that want to play defense need to get the minutes. I think even Steve Nash, I've seen some people like Brooklyn people on Twitter saying basically like, Nash has said that he's their most energetic defender. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so, I mean, maybe may play him. Yeah, over Lamarcus Aldridge, who the corpse or, of Lamarcus Aldridge. Well, he's he's, he's, he's fine, good. Yeah. No, he's playing good offensively. He just doesn't. He can't. He's never been a defender. He's play, He is at this point in his career. He's a five because he can't move to guard mm-hmm. fours. And it's, it's the transition that every big sort of limited athletic four makes at some point in their career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't understand the Blake Griffin in the starting lineup thing. Maybe he wanted more firepower off the bench and that's where Jeff green comes in. Cause he's been better and he's been shooting the ball. Well, I don't know, but again, this is none of it matters with this team because ev- all the rotations change once their two best players. Come back. Back. Yeah. Their two best players come back for the bulls. Healthy Zach Levine. Goes this for was 20, goes for this 25. couldn't have come. This was a huge win for the the Bulls, and like they needed, they were on such a skid because of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is huge to get the Nets without Harden. So I'm happy for them in that regard. Like they just needed a win. This is the first win with Vooch on the roster, right? Um, I think so. Yeah. So so that's nice, and hopefully they can get into a little bit of an easier stretch here. Who do they have coming up? They've got the pay, uh, Pacers, Toronto, Atlanta, Minnesota. So I just I just want to see them get back on track. I would tell you, as we creep closer to the playoffs, now we got to keep an eye on that seven, eight, nine, ten. Yep. And and I think, unless Charlotte goes on a slide or the Knicks go on, a, I think that top eight is going to be the top eight. We just yep. don't know the order because they're all so close. I mm-hmm. guess the Pacers could sneak in there, but I do think that that top eight right now is the top eight. And if I was any of those teams, I would be scared to be seven or eight because the Pacers and the Bulls are both scary teams. Yep. And you just, even if you win those, you've got extra tread on your tires heading into yeah. the ones you're going to get buzzsawed by uh, the Nets or the Sixers. So, yeah, that's, that's a, I mean, more incentive. It's, you know what though? It is more, it is what the league wants, right? It's more incentive for teams to play harder, deeper into the year and not right. bench players. So, I guess in, in, for the league, for, the, for what they're trying to accomplish it, it works because like if i'm not that they're gonna stop playing hard especially the way the standings are but like if i'm miami atlanta or charlotte i'm like God, i do not want to fall i do right. not want to fall to seven or exactly eight. and for the league there's actually reason to watch a wizards or a raptors game because they're not that far back from the, the nine to the i mean the even the, i mean i you know what's crazy is there's only 20 games left, so it's hard, but even the Magic and the Cavs are not totally out of the question yeah, of getting yeah. to that 10 spot. Whereas if they needed to get to eight, you know, their season's over. So Right. Yeah, it's great. That's wild. Uh, I guess it's kind of the same in the West 
if you look at it too, like, well, not, not nine at this point, doesn't seem attainable for a lot of, for some of the like OKC and Sacramento of 10. Yeah. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Man, Golden State, they might not even make it into the play-in, which I think I predicted. No, you I did. predicted they wouldn't be in the playoffs. Right. Uh, well, I guess we could talk about them. Golden yeah. State, they lost to oh, wait, they lost to uh, Atlanta tonight, 117-111. That's so they couldn't get a bounce back win after losing by 53 and Steph goes for 37. Another just huge game from Steph that they can't capitalize on. And they had Draymond like it's at the point with this team. If they're missing Draymond or Steph, they're probably going to get their doors blown off. Mm -hmm. So whenever those guys are both on the court, you really want to win that game, obviously, with where they are in the standing. So this is a this is a tough loss for them. But Atlanta's. Yeah, I also do think it says a lot more about Atlanta than Mm -hmm. what it says about the Warriors, although we know what the Warriors are. They're an average team that's fighting to be a playoff team. I think what we've seen with Atlanta now is they ended up going four and four, four and four on that West Coast trip, which is huge. It was a gauntlet. We talked about that a lot. Yeah. Huge for them to do that. And then they win their first game back at home against the Warriors. A tough game. Steph has 30, 37. This is a legit team, and they're still. John Collins now is out. I mean, th- this team is now – they've gone from one of the most underachieving teams in the NBA this year, early in the year, to one of the most overachieving teams with everything they've gone through. Yeah. They're the four seed right now in the East. And they're dinged up left and right, yeah. Then um, And John Collins is out. And now DeAndre Hunter, I, I feel like at some point he might get shut down. His knees – it's the same knee. He's hurt again. Right. That would be a shame. But just from the highlights of this game, what – jumped out at me was the passing for this this team's passing is so great and it, it's not like trey young's dominating the ball these days it's i mean still got the ball in his hands a lot but the shots are so spread out and the ball is moving like fantastically and the other thing is lou williams has plenty left in the tank i don't know what the hell's going on in clipperville but like lou williams is so far from being washed it's not even funny he had well, 12 a- in the fourth quarter Listen, the Lou Williams thing is going to go is going to end up being the most underrated move of the deadline because, first of all, they're three and zero since he debuted for them. But one of the big things, and we talked about how Atlanta was winning games early in the year because of their defense. Mm-hmm. But statistically speaking, when Trey Young is on the floor versus when he's off the floor, their offense just completely tanks, or it has this year. And part of that is they signed Chris Dunn who didn't play. He had knee surgery, hasn't played. They signed Rondo, who basically didn't play all year. But even if they had those guys, those guys are so different than what Trey Young does. 
that you bring them in. Now you're relying your offense that's built around Trey Young is reliant on these other point guards setting up other players, which they have talent. Lou Will brings a lot of the same things to the floor that Trey Young brings to the floor. So while obviously, I guess at this point in their careers, Trey Young is, is, is considered a better player, and he is. You're not, it's not like this complete drop off at the one when Trey leaves the game because he does a lot of the same things in pick and rolls. And he's a pretty good passer too. He's always has been mm-hmm. uh, to your offense. That being said, at the end of this game, they were up five with three minutes left. And Nate McMillan benched Trey Young for Lou Will. Yeah. I saw Lou Will, <laughs> Lou Will played the last three minutes of this game. He was on fire. So maybe it was a hot hand type thing, but I got to assume it's a one off. But yeah. I, even, but if I'm like, you could see, I was so when, when Trey went out, I just watched the bench because I wanted to see like what was Trey, like what was his reaction going to be? So, like the first 30 seconds, he stood, he was standing because I think he thought, okay, I'll come out and then go back in, maybe yeah. do like an offense defense thing. Not that Lou Will is a defender. Um, and then he sort of sat down, but he stared. It was like a, like a, mm-hmm. like a, you know, like an AAU team, like a, yeah. like the best player comes out, he just stares and looks at the coach, like, all right, when am I going back in? And then after about a minute and a half, he, he grabbed his jacket and like popped it, it on. Like, it was, well, he like had it on the, the arms. He didn't uh-huh. pop it all the way on. Then they put him back in with for the last 30 seconds for free throws. Interesting. Which is fascinating because that's your franchise player. Yeah. So, it does feel like like he was playing horrible. He had seven turnovers and was three for 11. So, I mean, yeah, you got to do it. I mean, that's good coaching, honestly, especially because they come out with a win. So totally. But here's the but thing. It's not going to make him happy. Yeah. Well, and, and you, and, oh, here we go. JaVale McGee making his Denver Nuggets debut. Oh, I love that. That is, that is a, that is a good, it's a good Sunday night for me. Mm-hmm. Good Sunday night for me. Uh, but yeah, so yes, like I was thinking to myself, like, God, the the balls on Nate McMillan, right? But he's an interim coach, probably like, I don't know, what do I have to lose? You right. know, just trying to win games. But you know that, that like, that can't be a thing. That right, can't yeah. be a thing up five to bench your franchise player. Right. But it just, also theoretically won't be a thing for him to be playing that bad. So, yeah, I, we'll have to see. If it happens again, things are going to get awfully interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, but I mean, I guess like that's the thing. It's like one of those things where it's like if they win, how can yeah, you they, how can you knock him? But at the same time, if you're the Hawks, the worst thing you could do is make your friend is like devalue your franchise player, whether it's in terms of trying to move on from him eventually or, or, or really just anything. Right. Like this. And you've mentioned a bunch of times on here how there's an ad, the added like Luca Trey thing that's always got to be in their front office's mind of, yeah, we need to make Trey Young into a star. Right. Which I guess he kind of is already, maybe deservedly, maybe not. But uh, regardless, I thought it was super, I thought that was a fascinating thing at the end of this game because they're only up five with three minutes left. They could have easily lost that game. That's going to be a really interesting storyline because I could see it happening again. If Lou is going to play like that and they're going to be in tight games, like, I don't know. If you keep winning, I, I don't think, yeah. And again, yeah. And, and Nate, he's an interim coach who has no, yeah. like, he doesn't have like a loyalty to Trey Young. Right. There's no like, oh, I've been here with this guy from the beginning. I, I you know, I've groomed him. Trey Young's not his guy. I mean, right. I'm sure they're close. I'm sure whatever, you know, Nate's there, been in a, he came there this year. This is, he's only been with Trey Young for half a season. 
Mm-hmm. If he's the head coach and he's like, I'm trying to win games and keep this job potentially, uh, unless the front office says to him, like, don't do this. Yeah, maybe he will do it. If it, if he comes, if, it, if it's a matchup thing, I just don't know what, like, unless now, if, if, if his whole thing is Lou Will's a better defender than Trey Young, then, then Atlanta has a whole other set of issues. If your replacement defensively for Trey Young is Lou Will. I do think he is better. I mean, Trey Young is so bad defensively. Oh, yeah, I, I, I know Lou is. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of, yeah, a lot of people are better than him. But that's something they probably need to, like, figure out. Right. I don't know what the answer is. Although, they again, they, they've built a pretty good defensive team around him. So maybe that's what the answer is. They just haven't been healthy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Continuing with the injury theme, uh, MB didn't play tonight for your boys. They got mm-hmm. beat pretty handily by the Grizzlies. Did you watch yeah. this? I didn't watch this one. Did you? Watch I didn't it? catch all of it because I had a nice Easter dinner with my family, but I watched the highlights. I watched a lot of it. Um, so Embiid was out just because he's coming off the injury and it's a back-to-back. It's not like he didn't aggravate or anything, but um, man, Grizzlies just play so tough. And this, this hasn't been an issue with the Sixers, like not playing hard, but like, this is just a game where the Grizzlies just played harder than the Sixers all the way throughout Ben Simmons. I mean, he had a nice little stretch of scoring um, probably a month ago, but his scoring has been brutal. He only takes six shots tonight with Embiid out I mean it's just I can see it a little bit in the media like things are going to start to turn I really do think on Ben Simmons because he's just not aggressive enough um and the other thing is is our boy Valanchunas is so solid and our uh, boy yeah our boy yeah our boy us me you and Magic Johnson sport okay Uh, okay you uh, Magic is included in yeah our boy yeah yeah you me and Magic um I'll tell you Jonas Valanchunas has chutzpah he does. He's got to be near the leader. I'm going to check. He's got to be toward the top of the league in double doubles. Yeah, I think he – yeah, I definitely think he is. I he feel gets like he like gets every, a double double every, every game. Yeah. Um, so, without Embiid in the middle, like Dwight Howard's been great this year, but Valentino's just a better He's player. He's eighth. Wow. Can you guess the seven guys ahead of him? In double doubles. Yep. Jokic? Yep. Does Embiid have it? No. No. Probably because of the injuries. Um, I'll Harden. give you a hint. I'll give you okay. Harden, yeah. I was going to say, yep. So that's I was going to say. There's two guards, and then right. and then the rest are forwards or centers. Um, geez, I'm trying to think of big men. So you've named healthy. three of the seven. You have four guys left. It's a bonus. Yep. And I'm on fire here. Hey, um, you're crushing it. Healthy big men. Oh, Ben Simmons, maybe. No, he's no, not. He's okay. a guard. Nah. No. Zion. Uh uh-uh. uh. Now Zion doesn't hmm. rebound. I mean, he, he rebounds, but he doesn't rebound like that. Yeah. Booch. Yep. Wow, that's a good one. That's a that's a good pull. That's nice. Mm, double doubles. I mean, one of them should be pretty obvious. Yeah, I feel like I'm blanking on on an obvious one. We've talked about him today already, briefly, well, kind of briefly. Go bear. We haven't talked about him today, but he's yeah, one. Say, yeah, and then that's... the last one is, I mean, I'll probably. It's like so obvious. I could see why you're forgetting it. Yeah. Who is it? Giannis. <laughs> is Giannis. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's like such an obvious one that I right. can understand where you would like leave him out. I got, because I, you're like, I got oh, all the others. Yeah. You got like, you got the hardest ones mm-hmm. by far. That's pretty good. You did pretty good there. Dude. Yeah. I'm pre- and I'm you, and pretty quickly. I'm impressed. Yeah. I don't know if I would have done that that quickly. 
Some good pulls. Yeah. I know the listeners. I mean, I can't, I mean, that's my credibility out the window. If I can't get a couple of those. Yeah. But it's, Jonas, I mean, eighth, that list you're talking about one, what three of the top four MVP candidates or top mm-hmm. five candidates on that. And, and Jonas is right below them. It's a pretty, pretty impressive season. Really, uh, he, he might be one of the more most underrated players in the league, to be honest, like truly he's, he's been so good for Memphis. Mm-hmm. He's been so like just consistent for the, for that team. It's crazy. I didn't know if you were quoting magic Johnson there for, I thought, no, 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 I'm being serious. Like he's just been consistent for them. Like just really good. And not to mention, like it's even more important because Jaron Jackson's been hurt for so long. Just to have that big, uh, yeah, these guys, but that's been their whole thing, right? They just play harder than you. Like this team really is what they shouldn't be good as Mm -hmm. John Morant's great, but he only had eight points. Mm Mm-hmm. They, they They're the eight seed. It's like when I, every time I look at the standings, I feel like I just gloss over Memphis because I keep I'm like, OK, they're going to go. They're going to get cold and, you know, the Warriors will catch them. I think this is the true eight seed. I really do. I, I think they're going to they're yeah, going to win, yeah. win, win the eight seed here. That's which is that I would say he won't get it. But Taylor Jenkins should absolutely be in the mix for coach of the year. Definitely. If that, you know, especially just, I mean, he should have been in the mix last year for <laughs> the overachieving that team did. Yeah. Uh Okay. Um, oh, Denver tied it up. Yeah, and they were they had the lead a moment ago. Um, more injuries. This one is obviously this we already know about, but the Hornets lose by thirty. Obviously, the injury there is that Lamelo is out for the year. Mm. Uh, but the interesting thing I think with this game is this is the healthy Celtics. This is it, right? Kemba, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Robert Williams now in the starting lineup. Fournier coming off the bench looking really good. Peyton Pritchard as their main backup guard. And that's, I mean, that's pretty much your seven. And then he's, I think Brad Stevens just got to go game by game on who gets, whether it's Grant Williams for matchup. I guess Romeo Langford is playing now. That's good for them. Nesmith. But like those seven, that's their seven. Mm-hmm. And they're just going to have to figure it out, but they look, I mean, they look pretty damn good with those seven. They do. And I th- I said this a couple of weeks ago. I think Robert Williams, it's just he's so important to this team, which is not really a great scenario to be in when Robert Williams is. But I truly think down the stretch, as Robert Williams goes, like the Celtics will go because we know how good Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are. We know they're going to be excellent the rest of the year. But if they don't have really solid play from a big, which he's basically their only one that's like viable. Well, Tristan Thompson's still out with. That's true. That, that'll be big to get him back. So he'll be um, part of that rotation. He's been he'll be a while, kind of, hasn't yeah. he? Um, um, but he'll be the, you would hope, based on what he's done this year, that Trist, that Robert Williams stays as a starter and Tristan becomes their backup five. Yeah. And that's their eight guys. I mean, right. when you play in the playoffs, you really only play eight or nine guys. Mm-hmm. I just think it's just such a tall task in front of Robert Williams in terms of the expectations that the Celtics have, like coming into the year and how good he needs to be for them to be a top team is a lot. We'll see if he's, but he has kind of, he has kind of been that good. We talked about too recently about him, his inconsistency, like he'll look so good and then he'll have these stretches where you're like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's a really big stretch for him. Mm -hmm. Um, The Fournier after that terrible first game, he's been (laughs) really good. Yeah. He's been really good. 17 tonight. Yeah. Good for him. He had 20 in the fourth quarter the other night. 
Oh wow. Yeah. Missed that. Yeah. Um, no, this is this is it. So, you know, if they're playing like this and they stay healthy, again, health for these guys. But they there's this is a this is the team of those East teams. Obviously, we know the Nets need to be healthy, but of the teams in the East right now that are like vying for the top, mm-hmm. I feel like they have the smallest margin for error. Although I guess that's not true because Philly, if Embiid's not healthy, then they're not gonna be good. Yeah, they're not a contender without Embiid, right. but they've they're winning, they're gonna be a good regular season team without it. Like they're gonna be fine right. in terms of like wins and losses. I mean, they might drop a little bit in the standings, but yeah, right. I guess that's true. Boston is eight right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's fair. Uh the for the for the Hornets, man, Gordon Hayward, the other Gordon Hayward's out four weeks with it's, another another ankle thing. I mean, this guy's cursed. I, there's no other way to say it. It sucks. I hate to like you hate to put that on him, but like can't stay healthy. Cannot I always wonder. Cannot stay on the floor. Like it, it's unfair to label guys injury prone, you know, because he's out there against like these top athletes in the world. So like. You know, maybe he like he's just is it bad luck or is it truly just he's not built the same way some other guys are? I don't know. Brittle. He's a brittle. Yeah, yeah. It's well, his first in, the big injury, like the injury that set him back, was a freak thing. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you could have you could never have uh, accounted for that. Right. But since then, he just gets smaller. He's, yeah, yeah. He gets small nagging injuries out, nowhere. out for four weeks. That means that means he will be back for the playoffs essentially. Mm. Four weeks—that's twenty games, right? I mean, you, yep. that's that's the playoffs, and, and then so the, and then that means like hopefully he's back for the playoffs for them, like, mm-hmm. ho- like he's healthy in time, reacclimated, right. right? Yeah, that that absolutely sucks because this team is fun to watch, man. I've done a total one eighty on them. Um, they they got boned. Hornets fans, if you're listening, you got absolutely boned this year. I'm sorry about that. That's true, and they are not a lock. Like if a team, if when you're looking at four through eight in the in the east atlanta miami who's i mean they're just playing great now since the trade deadline um atlanta miami charlotte who's six new york who won by 44 the other night Mm -hmm. and then boston who's now healthy you look at if there's a team that's going to drop out of that that's that's going to go on a little skid here it could be them no Lamello, no Gordon and it's Hayward. not their fault. Yeah, if there's a team that's going to plummet, it's the Hornets because they're a different team. They're essentially a different team now. Yeah, that stinks for them. Um, oh my god! Like literally every game tonight has injury implications yeah. in it. Yeah. Um, the last game, other than the Nuggets and the Magic, who are still playing as we're recording, was is New Orleans Houston. Uh, New Orleans wins, but Zion's still not playing with his thumb injury. And Brandon Ingram still not playing with a toe injury. But luckily for them, Lonzo Ball came back and had the best shooting game of his career. He had eight threes. Wow. Eight uh, for 15 he had, from three. He had 27 and nine. And he just continues to, to like prove why I don't like when he never understood why he was ever in conversations to get traded. It's just he has become such a good player. It's crazy. Um, like the fact that. With no Zion, it doesn't matter that you're playing the Rockets. The fact that with no Zion and no Brandon Ingram, he can just step in and be the go-to scorer for the team is a huge – it's something no one would have ever considered for him in his career. Yeah. It, it. I love the pieces on this team at their record. I guess truly they're just not there yet. They're just not ready yet. 
But like they are bad. In, they are a bad, bad defensive team. Yeah, which they gave up 115 crazy. to the Pel- to the Rockets. Tonight. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I don't watch a ton of Pelicans, but is it Stephen? Is Stephen Adams washed? Like, why are they this bad defensively? I, I, I mean, I know their their personnel isn't great, but for them to be this bad is like. I don't understand exactly what's going on, but man, heading into next year, you've got this core of Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Lonzo ball. You've got scoring off the bench with Nikhil Alexander Walker. Who might end Um, up being your starter. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, if they, if he bounced blood, so out of the lineup, that'd be great. They could just upgrade defensively. This could be a totally different team next year, but I don't know. They're so confusing because I just thought they were going to be ready this year and they're just not. Yeah. Um, if you're a Rockets fan, I mean, excuse me, not a Rockets fan. If you're a Kelly Olynyk fan, hmm. you should probably start watching Rockets games because the green light that he seemingly now has in Houston is fucking insane. He took 10 threes in the first half. I mean, he had 26 and they almost won this game. He had 26 and eight rebounds. They almost won this game. He went five of 13 from three but he took 10 threes in the first half. That is obscene. It's a 10 threes in the first half is like, he's not even like a prolific shooter. It's just, no, he's it's just not like, at I'm all. just going to do it. I mean, he's, he's in the, he's, he's trying to get paid. Yeah. And you know, we, we see it all the time. Guys go to bad teams and put up crazy numbers and then mm-hmm. somebody will sign them. Maybe it'll be that's crazy. I mean, it's just, if you're a, if you're a general manager evaluating guys to sign, like sh- you should be looking at their minutes on like good, you know, like you should be evaluating his minutes with the heat, not this team. If you're going to sign him. Yeah. And he like actually if this parlays and if this parlays into a, a huge contract somehow or something or anything like, bigger than like the mid-level. Yeah. Like what is that GM doing? Like we know who Kelly Olenek is. Oh, there's so many bad. We know this. There's so many bad yeah. GMs. Yeah. But he's got it. He's, he's rolling, man. He's or I don't know, rolling. He's just, Hey, nine of 17 from the field. It's pretty good. They Amazing lost. what just not giving a shit will do for you. Just freedom, you know? Mm-hmm. Talk, talk about a team that has just got to be dying to get out of this season. Mm-hmm. That team, oh, man, it is. They, I hope they win the lottery. The way the season is going, they deserve to win the lottery. Yeah, I mean, I hope so too. Although I, I just don't know. I, I guess I, I guess I do, but according to what everyone's saying about this draft, if you – as long as you're in the top five, you're going to get a guy who's supposed to be really like a, a potentially a great player. Like, I don't know. I guess the consensus seems to be that it's Cade Cunningham, the mm-hmm. kid from Oklahoma State. But I've seen different stuff from different draft guys uh, that any of these guys in the top five could potentially be the first pick. Wow. So I don't know well, what winning, you know, sometimes at least you get the guy you want. You're just sometimes winning the lottery, well, not necessarily. Usually, if you get the first pick, most times there's a consensus and it's like the guy you would take, but a lot of times like slipping is not the worst thing because then you're forced to take the guy that just falls to you. And then Mm -hmm. you don't, you're in a sort of a no lose situation. Like for example, I even compare it like living down in in South Florida. I compare it to the dolphins chargers situation Mm -hmm. in, in the NFL draft, which is the chargers would have taken probably whoever fell to them, whether it was Herbert or Tua, and then they took Herbert because the Dolphins took Tua. 
Right. You know, and like, they, and, and it seems like they made the right choice, but they didn't have a choice. Like they just took the guy that fell. Right. Good. It was made for them. I'm sure I mean, that happened. I'm sure that's happened a bunch of times in the NBA that I'm not just thinking of. Oh yeah. Well, the Sixers 100% would have selected Andrew Wiggins ahead of Joel Embiid if they had the chance. Right. Exactly. So, like that yeah. kind of, or like the Warriors getting stuff, like just that mm-hmm. kind of thing where it's like you fall. I'm trying to think of guys who teams that slip and then, you know, that were supposed to be higher, they slip. And then it turns out, Oh, well, we were forced to take a guy who we maybe wouldn't have taken. Yeah, you're right. It could blow up in their face. But. Well, I'm just saying, I, I'm just saying like yeah. th- in this year's draft, it seems like if all these guys are that good, I don't know if I want the first pick mm-hmm. unless, somebody- unless it turns out that Cade Cunningham really is the generational guy. But if all these guys are like that close to each other as a GM, I'm like, uh, maybe I'd rather have the fourth pick because then I just take yeah. whoever falls to me and right. not and as history. much pressure. Yeah. They can't look back and be like, you, you fucking passed on this guy. Like, yeah. That yeah. does make sense. Uh, well, I mean, we'll see, I guess for Houston, the good thing with them is that I guess if you fit, if you have the worst, even though they evened out the odds for the top three picks or four picks, I think if you have the worst record, you still can't fall out of the top four. Right. No, you can't. So that, I guess that's it's helpful good. for them. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, that was it for this for Easter games. Uh, well, Denver is now beating Orlando by three. I'm assuming they'll win by more than they're that. They're absolutely butt smoking them in the second half. So I think that's just trending towards a Denver win. They yeah. won, Denver won the third quarter, 38 to 21. So yeah. Well, Aaron Gordon scored the first 12 points of the game for Denver. That's so. awesome. Um, but also RJ Hampton had like seven points. It's his first start again, and it was against Denver. Oh, revenge game for RJ Hampton. Yeah, he's had he has 14. He had like nice. seven points in the first quarter. Don't so think I realized he was in that deal. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's that's an interesting one for them. Uh I you know, I watched a lot of the first half of this game. <laughs> By the way, there's I don't know when this happened. There's six and a half minutes left in the game, and Mo Bamba fouled out and he didn't start. He played 13 minutes, he fouled out. Ooh. Sounds uh, like Jokic just absolutely had his way with. Apparently, him. though, there's some virus going around in their locker room, not COVID, and he had it, so oh. maybe he's like sick. But if he, if hopefully that's the reason why he looked like he did tonight, because watching him play, he is slow, like yeah. he's super long, and he can shoot. He's pretty skilled offensively, but defensively can't move. Like he doesn't he can't move his feet. Like he's not going to be a good weak side like shot blocker, um, and and. Jokic at one point in the second in the second quarter, Jokic was just like pissed and just went into the post and was like, all right, just give me the ball. And Mo Bamba, that's when he got his third foul. But six fouls in 13 minutes, not a good sign, especially when Wendell Carter's actually looked pretty solid since he went to Orlando. Yeah. Uh I thought about when that trade happened, I thought like down the line, the RJ Hampton thing could quietly be like the steal of the trade for. Orlando definitely yeah because this kid was like a top before he went overseas this was a kid who was like a top five projected by some people to be a top five pick Mm -hmm. and then he went and played overseas against by the way a bunch of grown men like not everybody is LaMelo ball and goes overseas and looks great like a lot of these guys go overseas these young kids go overseas and they don't look because they're playing against grown men right so he may still have that upside who knows he's only 20 so yeah Good to see. Uh, I might look at a top shot of him as soon as we wrap here. And you know what? My guy Chuma Okiki still playing good basketball. Good for still that. playing good basketball. And Magic are only like two amazing draft picks away from being great. So that's good. Two? 
amazing draft picks. <laughs> like amazing. Durant, Durant Harden level draft picks. Well, that's the funny thing about this draft um, is that there's all these guys that everyone's like, oh, the top five could be this. But everyone says that, and I keep forgetting how old he is, but I, I've seen many people say that Imani Bates is like is he the, a Philly guy. Yeah, I, I know that name. He is 17 years old. There's a lot of people who say that he is like the next big, like the next oh, big I thing did, as a prospect. I, right. No, he's not a Philly guy, but I think Villanova was trying to recruit him or something. And that's why I know his name. But Yeah. And Monty Bates, the next Kevin Durant. Uh, Good title to have. Although yeah. he's only 6'8", according to this. So maybe still growing. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. I don't know. Whatever. Either way. So it's funny because all these teams obviously jockeying for draft position every year but this guy might be the guy. Right. So it's almost like Sam Presti is really jockeying for two years from now to get a money or three years, whenever he's in the draft. I don't know. Sam Presti's playing. I forgot the, he's playing super chess and everyone else is playing regular chess. He's playing the, (laughs) he's playing the longest game. Yes. I just totally fucked up the, the, he's playing checkers. He's playing chess. chess. Everyone else is playing yeah, chess. He's Checkers. playing super, he's playing super chess. chess. He's he has perfected the that close. Was... He's perfected the close Sicilian. Okay, I don't know the reference. Brian, get on it's, the horn. Get Brian it's on the from, horn. It's from uh, the Queen's Gambit. Oh, Netflix. Okay. The Netflix yeah. show. And I don't feel bad about. It. I mean, Did not you, saying it's a bad it? show, but yeah. it's not like it's an old classic. Oh man, I always see. Oh man, who's this? Oh no, not R.J. Hampton. Is he injured or what? Uh, he's good. He's good. He went up for a block and he came down weird and was holding like his calf area mm-hmm. and he just got up. So I think he's okay. Whew, that would have sucked. Yeah. That would have been, that would have been a deuce curse. I think or first deucer. Yeah. Yeah. He's like stretching out. I think maybe he like cramped up or something. Every time oh, he's see- good. He's good. He just looked at the, he's like, yeah, good. good. Nice. Every you time guys, I see the, no one can, you guys can't see the face I just made, but I made the I'm face. I'm trying to talk about the Queen's Gambit here. <laughs> yeah, sorry, go ahead. I'm trying to make this point. Every time I see so, the uh, thumbnail, but RJ, but RJ Hampton was so he, he her <laughs> eyes are super far apart, and it, it, I, I just don't understand it. But that's all. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're trying to say about her eyes. I think it's like a filter they're doing on Netflix, but like her eyes are like very far apart in all the thumbnails I've seen of the show. But maybe it's just me. Or maybe her eyes are just super far apart. Yeah, they might. I don't know. I haven't seen the show. Cat just ran across. Um, She's a good cat. Yeah, I think this episode's over. I mean, we're pretty sure the Nuggets are going to hang on here, right? I I am. If they do or they don't, I mean, let's. It's true. Although I I will say, if they if the Magic win this game, I just don't understand what's happening with Orlando. Like they they're just winning games since they blew up their entire franchise. Right. I mean, it's that's truly like a people are just not trying hard right now because it's the middle or the beginning of April and they just are looking like to get out of. But I, I mentioned this days. on, on Friday to Laz, like about Steve Clifford, like these, he, his teams play hard. They just do. Right. It's like playing for Tibbs. It used to be like playing for Stan Van Gundy. Apparently I don't know what happened in new Orleans, but like the, that, those guys who come from that tree, their teams, even when they suck, they play hard which is not necessarily what you want from your franchise when you're trying to tank. <laughs> yeah, get, yeah. Cade Cunningham or something. Yep. So, all right. We'll uh, see you guys tomorrow. That's it. Goodbye. Later. Later.
for the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.